Hey, guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Might I recommend, now that your young person has walked across that stage, you get them over to Leon Tailoring, get them to their career services division. That's right. In this economy, even though jobs are plentiful, it won't help you if you don't look the part. So at Leon Tailoring Career Services Division, they got the perfect thing that your young man or young lady needs to get them off into the world of work and at very reasonable and affordable prices. And heck, who knows? You might even see something for yourself if you're looking for a new job. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, their career services division, Larry Norm, Kim, and Judy, always glad to help you out. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, with inflation, high gas prices, and high property tax assessments, and a state budget surplus, I'm trying to figure out what's going on fiscally here in the state of Indiana. So join us on the news line is our good friend Chris Watts, the head of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. Uh, so, Chris, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you, sir. Hey, Abdul. Thanks for having me back. Uh, so, uh, overall, what's going on here in the state of Indiana, fiscally speaking? Because once said we got high gas prices, uh, property tax assessments are going through the roof, but the state's in on a $6 billion surplus. We are. So, um, yeah, inflation is certainly a, a daily uh, fact of life for Hoosiers, especially at the pump, as you mentioned. Um, so uh, the gas tax is a, is a hot topic with uh, Democrats calling for uh, potentially a suspension of the tax when the legislature comes in later this month uh, to, uh, to consider technical corrections and veto overrides. So that's something that's in the mix. Um, and, and, uh, you know, monthly, uh, revenue reports continue to show tax collections coming in above estimates. And part of that is, uh, attributable to inflation. Um, but we're closing in on a billion dollars year to date above the estimates, which could push the total surplus by the end of the fiscal year up into that $6 billion, uh, range. Uh, so let's start, my friend, with, with the whole issue of the gas tax, because obviously uh, Democrats have been calling for a repeal or suspension or temporary suspension of the gas tax. Uh, first of all, is that a good idea? And B, if it is, why is it? Or if it's not, why is it? Well, I'm going to voice probably a pretty uh, unpopular uh, opinion with many of your listeners, but that's sort of our job. Um, maybe a, a quick history lesson on, on how this all came to be. Back in 2017, um, there was a, a piece of legislation, House Bill 1002, passed to uh, help direct more of the gas tax revenue to um, our infrastructure funding deficit uh, that had been growing and, and was in need of a longer-term solution. So uh, there was a, uh, an increase in the gas tax at that point, uh, about $0.10 cents a gallon, and then it was indexed to inflation. Uh, meaning the tax would, would rise as inflation uh, did, uh, and that uh, over years, you know, more and more of that revenue would be shifted out of the state general fund uh, and into a special uh, transportation fund directed to road projects. Um, so when you look over time, the, the cost of infrastructure has been rising actually over the last decade, uh, more than twice the rate of inflation, uh, and it's also in the midst of a spike. So uh, I feel like suspending the tax now, uh, it would be, a, you know, short term, certainly a, a political winner. Uh, but I feel as if it would set a bad precedent when you're talking about uh, maintaining that long term sustainable 
uh, revenue stream for uh, our roads, bridges, uh, all those infrastructure uh, essentials that, that we use every day as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Chris, but there are a couple different, and our guest on the program today is Chris Watts of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute, talking about uh, sort of our fiscal situation with with gas tax prices going up and with gas prices going up and inflation and uh, home assessments. Uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there, there are sort of two main taxes on gasoline. There's the gas tax itself, and then there's the sales tax on gasoline. Uh, would it be possible for lawmakers to maybe suspend, maybe not necessarily the gas tax per se because you need for roads and infrastructure like you said the costs have been going through the roof but maybe temporarily suspend the sales tax uh, on gasoline and then use maybe some of our, our budget surplus to, to replace that revenue I, I think that, that all options would potentially be on the table, uh, but yeah, they could certainly do uh, do one and, and not the other, uh, and then that would just impact more, as you say, the bottom line uh, surplus. You know, figured at the end of uh, uh, end of the fiscal year at, at the end of June. Um, so yeah, the uh, the baseline sales tax uh, still goes into the general fund. So. Um, so administratively, how challenging that would be uh, could be uh, another story. And then what's the you know what's the threshold for then reinstating that? Uh, I think there's certainly some issues that you would get into. You know, trying to build in the right triggers to to make that policy work. Um, but that's certainly something they could look at. Now there there are a couple of schools of thought on uh, repealing the gas taxes altogether. One school of thought uh, basically says if you repeal the gas tax, you're just going to drive up prices and inflation because you're going to have more more dollars chasing after a commodity that's not growing or not 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 increasing itself. So that's that's one school of thought. The other school of thought that says the states really have no control over inflation, that's the federal government, and so the states should just get rid of the gas tax altogether and just use its regular budgetary uh, means uh, to pay for roads infrastructure. Uh, any preference on either one of those or? You know, you get into sort of a broader philosophical argument, and I think the direction we've gone, which I think certainly has some merit to it, um, whenever possible, you want to direct the, the, the revenue uh, sort of generated by or associated with, um, you know, with what you are trying to fund, um, you know, back to, to, you know, back to that source. So, um, you know, wear and tear by driving, uh, you know, takes a toll on infrastructure. So direct, you know, the gas tax revenue to, to pay for that. Um, you know, so I think from a, um, I guess from a, uh, philosophical standpoint, uh, I think that's probably a, a sound position. Um, I think the issue we get into over the long term, frankly, is sort of the opposite of what we're seeing right now. Um, we're still seeing, you know, gas consumption, you know, go down in the long term as, you know, we get more EVs on the roads, you know, we see more fuel efficiency, you know, less consumption, uh, but, you know, the wear and tear on infrastructure, uh, you know, stays pretty consistent. You've got to keep up the roads no matter, you know, what types of vehicles are, are driving on them and, and, you know, how, how much. Um, so frankly, when you look out, you know, 
five, ten years, you know, after this inflation is sort of a you know blip in the rearview mirror, so to speak. Uh, I think we might need to revisit how we fund infrastructure. Um, and it might take, you know, the the gas tax plus uh, some other source. Uh, Chris, uh, so in a nutshell, would you say lowering the gas taxes or eliminating the gas tax or suspending the gas tax right now would be good politics but bad policy in your professional opinion? Uh, that would be my my professional, uh, as you say, opinion. Yes. Chris Watts of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute, our guest on the program today, talking about uh, sort of Indiana's financial situation uh, with a $6 billion surplus, but high gas prices and also uh, property tax assessments sort of t- uh, taking a bite out of Hoosiers. Uh, Chris, I want to switch gears a little bit and actually talk about uh, the property tax issue here in Indiana. Uh, we've got assessments coming out and property tax bills. A lot of folks uh, across the state are seeing you know, anywhere from 10 to 20, 35. One person uh, emailed me and told me they saw a 40% uh, increase in their assessment, which will uh, translate into a higher property tax bill. Uh, what's going on with, with property property tax assessments here in Indiana. Sure. Yeah. And so they, they vary, Abdul, from county to county, as you know. Um, uh, you know, I tried to go back before the interview and take a look at, you know, the home sales data from 2020, um, which, of course, you know, market activity in 2020 leads to the 2021 assessments, which uh, in turn are calculated uh, for this year's tax bill. So, you know, what folks are, are getting hit with right now. Um, so, so, you know, when COVID hit, you know, we were already looking at, you know, a low housing inventory relative to demand. Uh, so prices spiked uh, about 13 percent statewide. Um, so these assessments uh, and, and this year's bills aren't exactly a surprise. We sort of knew this was coming. Uh, and, and so anywhere from 10 to 20 percent. Um, would not be unusual at all. Uh, and then, you know, 2021, as you know, you know, demand for housing, you know, stayed uh, sort of on an upward trend and, and supply wasn't there. You know, talk to anyone who was, you know, out trying to, to, to buy a home last year. Uh, so prices, if anything, went up even a little bit uh, faster, maybe more in the, you know, 15% range. Uh, so we shouldn't expect the bills to go down anytime soon, uh, unfortunately, uh, oh. at least, you know, this year, next year. Uh, so what, so how does all, how do the property tax caps all fit in all this? Because I remember, you know, 10, 12 years ago, we were having this discussion here in Indiana about property tax caps. We were sort of facing these same sort of sky high property tax bills. The mayor of Indianapolis lost an election uh, because the property tax was sort of scared lawmakers into, into doing something. Uh, what, right. how, how do our property tax caps fit in all this or, or do they? Yeah, so, and it all goes back, not to digress, you know, too far, but, you know, it goes back to a, a tax court decision that was upheld by, you know, the, the Supreme Court. It took, you know, seven years to, to work its way through the system, but what they call the, the Town of St. John case, you may hear that referenced from time to time, that mandated that property assessments in Indiana be tied to uh, tied to the market. You know, they, they have to reflect what's actually uh, happening um, out there with regard to, you know, the property value in use. Um, so they have to have some connection to sales uh, and, and the objective uh, value of your homes, commercial property, farmland, uh, all those categories. Um, so what the caps did uh, in order to protect 
homeowners and other taxpayers without running afoul of the St. John decision uh, was to put a cap based on assessed value. So, you know, your your home property tax bill can only uh, only go up to one percent of your overall uh, of your overall AV. So that's great. But what we've seen is this spike in assessed value. So even under the caps, um, it, it's creating more space uh, for your tax bill to rise because the, the, the assessments are going up in tandem. Now, has there been any research, my friend, uh, on the success or failure of property tax appeals? Uh, basically, folks saying, "Hey, you know, my home isn't worth you know the the two hundred fifty thousand dollars the county assessor you know said it was." Yeah, so I have not heard anything this year. Um, you, you know, in terms of the success rate, uh, I, I will say that. You know, obviously, the, the assessment system, you know, your assessment isn't the same as an appraisal. Um, you know, it's, it's not like folks are, are, you know, going out in mass from the assessor's office and taking a look at individual properties. You know, they're using what they call a, a ratio study, you know, looking at, you know, selected sales data uh, and sort of the general characteristics of your home. So, you know, with pricing being uh, as erratic as it has been through the pandemic, um, I, I'm sure that, you know, a, a lot of folks out there, you know, m- maybe most would would take issue with some aspect of the assessments that they're getting. Um, and, and I certainly think that, you know, there's probably a strong case to be made uh, in, in many instances that, um, you know, my individual home or condo, whatever, um, you know, or, or has diverged in some way from this trend. Um, so I, th- I think you're going to see probably a record number of appeals. Uh, and I'd be really curious to see how many of them uh, uh, ultimately succeed. Chris Watts of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute with us for a few more minutes on the program today as we look at sort of gas taxes, property taxes, and Indiana's uh, surplus and sort of try to put all this in some type of uh, perspective. Uh, Chris, I know a lot of folks, when they get their, their property tax assessments and their property tax bills, they go, hey, you know, my home may be worth, they say, 25% more, but I'm not going to be selling it anytime soon. But on the flip side of that, the thing is, if you do decide to sell it, your, your home, your, your assessed value is a little bit close to your fair market value. Exactly. And, you know, you, you can make the case that certainly you know, your, your property value is going up, you know, you're, you're building equity, uh, you're building wealth. But yeah, if you're not going to sell in the short term, and, and especially folks that are on a fixed income, um, you know, there's no denying that, you know, even under the, the tax caps, um, you know, having those bills rise with uh, assessed values being on the trend that they're on uh, is definitely a burden. Um, you know, the other thing to acknowledge here is that, you know, the, the total property tax base, you know, it's not just homes. It's, you know, your agricultural property, uh, your commercial, industrial. So we kind of had a perfect storm through the pandemic where, you know, home prices spiked. While commercial uh, property values, you know, everyone's staying at home, you know, the office market tanked. uh, So you saw commercial values go down, farmland values go down, went down, even though they're they're rebounding now. Um, So that shifted even more of the burden uh, to homeowners uh, under the caps. 
Chris, a couple, a couple more questions for a couple more questions before I let you go here. Uh, if you're an Indiana lawmaker, what are you to do right now? Uh, because you got to say once again, you got high gas prices, people calling for a suspension of the gas tax, you got high property tax assessments, folks calling for relief, and you got the state sitting on a six billion dollar budget surplus. What's a lawmaker to do these days? So again, it's tough, and I'm going to give you an answer that would probably get me beat for for re-election <laughs> if I was a lawmaker. Frankly, the probably political malpractice. Um, but I think the right answer uh, at this point is to say, you know, back in 2008, uh, you know, we recognized the issues. We we created the tax cap system. We put it in the Constitution, uh, and they do protect homeowners. They do protect you know landowners um, uh, against bills, you know, rising significantly higher than, uh, than what the market will bear. But frankly, there's not much relief that you can provide on a systematic basis, uh, that doesn't end up running afoul of the mandate that, uh, tax bills be tied back to the market. Uh, and when the market goes up, you know, there's no escaping the fact that, you know, tax bills are going to be impacted. Is all this, my friend, just basically good old fashioned supply and demand? Uh, when there's a less supply of less supply of gas, less supply of homes, the, the price goes up. Well, that's that's definitely the case. I mean, it's a it's a significantly, uh, you know, it's a, it's a seller's market out there uh, in housing, uh, but you can say that it's been distorted by a lack of inventory. You know, last I checked, you know, housing starts in Indiana uh, are stuck at about two-thirds uh, the level that they were before, you know, the, the housing crash, the Great Recession, you know, back in, uh, again, 2008, 2009. Uh, so the supply side of the housing market uh, is something else you need to address uh, to start bringing prices down. Um, and, you know, something we haven't talked about uh, with inflation, we also have interest rates going up as the uh, as the Fed tries to tamp down uh, uh, inflation, you know, back into that 2%, you know, range over the next couple of years. Um, so, you know, that's also going to take a toll on the housing market uh, and, and could bring assessments, you know, maybe um, you know, down into a more realistic or, you know, uh, at least a more palatable trajectory, um, you know, when you look at assessments next year. All right. Well, like I said, a lot of ground to cover today. Our guest on the program has been our good friend Chris Watts of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute talking about uh, some of the state's financial situation, budget surpluses, high gas prices, and skyrocketing assessments. So, Chris, my friend, as always, sir, thank you very much for being with us. Always appreciate you. Abdul, thanks. Appreciate you having me. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.